Welcome to Awaken Life Church podcast. For more information about our church, please visit awakenlifechurch.net. God actually has a prophetic word for us today. You can stand right up here with me. So Tuesday morning, I'm not even awake yet. You know how you, when you wake up, you realize, oh, I'm awake? Well, I hadn't even woken up yet. And there's this prophetic word that God's releasing over my heart and my soul and my mind. And I'm like, ugh, Siri, hey, Siri, what time is it? <laughs> like, I'm not getting up, but it wouldn't stop. And I peek my eye open and it's blackout. And I'm like, ugh. I'm like, all right. Before I even got my tea, I do tea, not coffee. Before I even get my tea, I have to go type it out. Like, I have to, because it wouldn't just, it wouldn't stop. So um, we are going to actually step into something today. I feel like God wants to release something over us prophetically. And um, I was reminded of that verse that the Lord doesn't do anything without first revealing it to his prophets. And I'm not one to be like, hey, look at me, I'm a prophet. But apparently, I don't know, he gave me this word. So we're going we're gonna to just do this and we're going to step into this today. So I want you to stay standing, but you're going to close your eyes and you're going to listen. Okay. The Lord is saying right now that he has seen that some of us have been in a difficult season. Very difficult. He has seen the many challenges, the difficulties we've been facing, and he has seen that despite all, we have stood. We are called to stand in faith and we're called to stand and trust him. And I feel like the Lord is saying today over you guys, good job. Good job standing. You did everything you knew to do and you stood. You have stood in the face of fear. You have stood in the face of opposition. You have stood when the enemy has been pushing against you and pushing against you. And the Lord is saying, you've done a great job standing. Even when your back was against the wall, you stood. He sees that through the challenges that there has been a lot of pain in this season, he sees that it has been hard. He knows that your heart has felt pressed on every side, that you have felt like that you've been knocked down over and over. And he knows it's been hard for your heart and hard for some in their physical bodies. But in spite of that, he says, my child stood. You did what you knew to do and you stood. The enemy may have even thought that he was winning. He may have thought that he was taking ground from you, but God is saying that no, that was just preparation. What the enemy thought was his victory was your preparation. The enemy does not know that through this season, you have actually been made stronger. That through this process, God has been arming you. He's been providing you weapons. But now it is no longer the season to stand. But this is now a season for us to advance in the kingdom. God is now calling us to advance. He is calling us to take a step forward. And he is opening up to us a new season for advancement a season of advancing. And he is the one who is making the way. He is asking you with your spiritual eyes to look up and see the backs of the angels standing in front of you. There is an army standing in front of you. God's army right in front of you. It is time for us to take a step and it's time for us to start advancing. It's time for us to start taking ground. And there is brand new ground. There is new land that the Lord wants us to advance into and to take as our inheritance. There is brand new ground that God wants you to take from the enemy. So follow his army in and take this ground as your inheritance. I know that there are many of us that feel like in this past season, it's been so difficult. The enemy pushed you back and took ground but the Lord is the one giving us permission now. And he is also giving us charge to take, a, to take a step forward and to advance, to take your ground back and then some. There is some ground out there that you've been thinking, that you're seeing it, but you're thinking, I could never occupy land like that. I can't do it. I can't take that land. And that land isn't for me. It's for somebody else. It's for others. But God is double dog daring you to take a step forward and follow him into that very land, to advance into that very land and to prosper in it. God wants to advance us 
in every area of our lives, emotional health, relationships, financially, prospering physically with divine health. We are advancing. The body of Christ is advancing. In this next season, the season is being open for advancing. We are following, following our big, strong Jesus, the captain of all the armies of heaven. We are his mighty army and we are advancing right now. God is opening up a season of advancement. In the same way that the Israelites had their backs pushed up against the Red Sea, they had to stand there. They had never seen, they never knew waters could be moved the way that God moved the waters. They didn't know it was possible. God is gonna start doing things in us and for us that we have individually never seen before in our lives. So follow him forward. God is making a way for us right now. God is making a way for you right now. God is pouring out strategy and direction and wisdom and instruction for us individually. As a, as a church body, yes, but individually, he is giving you strategy, you instruction on how to advance. So incline your ear to God for he is making a way for you to step forward. If you've been lacking peace or joy, God is making a way for you right now to increase in your peace, to increase in your joy in the Holy Spirit. God is making a way for us to step forward and he is making a way for us to advance. And we are advancing. So just repeat after me in Jesus' name, I am advancing. Say it like you actually mean it. I am advancing. Yes, we are advancing. I am moving forward. I am taking the land. I am following you, Jesus. Now grab the hand of the person next to you. We are going to actually just prophetically take a step. And I know you're in close quarters right there. So maybe back up against the, you know, the, the backs of the chairs. And we're going to in our minds, it's going to be a big giant leap, but you know, it's going to be a little baby step because <laughs> you got chairs in front of you, but grab the hand of the person next to you. Yeah. But on the count of three, we're just going to take a step forward together. We are going to step into this land. One, two, three. Yeah. Thank you, Jesus. <laughs> Whoa. Oh. Yeah. God's serious. God is serious. Angels are in front of you and they're making the way. They are pushing through. They are pushing through. They are pushing through. So just give Jesus a shout. Hallelujah! Hallelujah! Yeah, we're advancing and we're taking the land. <laughs> we're advancing and we're taking the land. Wow, so that was on Tuesday morning. I had no idea what I was gonna be speaking about today. <laughs> oh. <clears throat> so, <laughs> one morning, three, four years ago, I'm, I'm sitting in my, at my kitchen island. I just woke up and I have my, my Bibles in front of me. My morning cup of tea is here. You know, my pen and paper is here. And my iPad's about six feet away on the other end of the island. I hadn't, hadn't touched it in a few days, and, but I've got my Bible out, my, my tea. I'm having my tea with the Lord. and I was ready to go and ready to spend some time with him. And I was just having a really hard morning without going into a whole lot of detail. Um, about what had been going on at that time, I was actually, um, it wasn't just a bad day, it was kind of like a couple of weeks or maybe a couple of months for me at that point. Like things had just been really hard for a really long time. And what it sounded like and felt like to me was, um, there was just this attack of the enemy, this, this assault thing, this the thing that was happening, and it was you're no good, you're bad, you're not good enough. This spiritual attack's never gonna end you're doing something wrong. That's why you're being attacked. That's why you're, quote unquote, not being blessed. You know, you're just, you're messing everything up. Felt like, wow, God's just not helping me. There's something just fundamentally wrong with me. 
you don't know how to do spiritual warfare. You don't have any authority. And so my brain's just constantly running, trying to find a solution. Constantly running. And it was causing exhaustion and frustration and anxiety, just to name a few. I was honestly, I was getting my butt handed to me by the enemy. He was just having his way. And I'm like, man, like he had been pressing in from, for quite some time. I just could not figure out how to get out of the mess that I was in. For those of you who know me, you know that I'm up in spiritual warfare and, you know, all that stuff and inner healing. So I'm asking God, like, what spirit is this, God? Like, I, I'm, I'm binding them all. I'm going through my list of all the names of all the things, you know. I'm binding everything, you know. And I'm like, uh, like well, maybe it's, you know, uh, an agreement I've made with, some, you know, maybe I need to break off a soul tie. Maybe um, I just, I'm cutting off, cutting off everything. I'm, you know, uh, canceling every assignment. I'm doing, I'm doing all the, I'm doing all the things. And I'm like, maybe there's a name of a spirit that I don't know yet. I just have to figure that name out. And then now I can. I'm like, but God's not telling me. So now I'm kind of mad at God because I'm like, (laughs) I'm sitting here trying to get some help here. I had been seeking his help for a long time trying to get out of that mess. So I finally just like, after a couple hours, I think I just like, (sighs) just put my head on my counter. And I'm just like, (sighs) I don't know if I said like, I give up or whatever, but I just know I was just like, oh my gosh, like, I feel like I've done everything, you know? And it was just like where I was at. And I hear this voice say, you need to declare something. I'm like, declare, I am the righteousness of God in Christ. And I hear that, I'm like, no. That's not the solution here. That's not the solution. I already know that I'm righteous. I'm not trying to find a new doctrine or theology. I'm not fighting against that doctrine or theology. I, like, I get it. Like, I'm, I learned that five years ago. I've kind of like sat under the teaching for a long time. I can quote the, the scriptures chapter and verse. So I already know that I'm the righteousness of God in Christ. So I'm kind of having my little temper tantrum with the Lord, and, you know, and I, I'm pretty sure I probably also procrastinated. Because I'm debating whether this simple, something so simple, you know, I'm like, this is too simple. This simple declaration can't solve a high-level spiritual problem. But then I hear it again. I am the righteousness of God in Christ. Declare it. So I'm pretty sure I probably did that very thing. Okay. And so then I declare it one time. I'm the righteousness of God in Christ. And the heavens didn't open with the angels singing above me. And, ah, you know. But internally, there was a little bit of like a, huh. I'm like, and I heard, say it again. I'm like, okay. So I said it again. And at the very moment that I finished my sentence, I said, I am the righteousness of God in Christ. My iPad, all of a sudden, it mysteriously started playing this. Righteousness of God in Christ. So my eyes got really big. Like I pulled my head up from the counter. I'm like, who's in my house? Who just turned on my iPad? Like, what? (laughs) I'm freaking out. And then it just dawns on me. Wow. Something this simple is so critical to God and so powerful that God decided to turn on my iPad to have me tangibly hear a cheering and a clapping like that angels are cheering when I say something as simple as I am the righteousness of God in Christ. That the cloud of the great cloud of witnesses is like, yes, go. So I'm, you know, as you might imagine, I probably said that a hundred times that day. (laughs) You know, but I, I never would have argued with anyone over theology. I knew the doctrine, you know, in my head. You know, I wouldn't have argued with someone If someone had walked up to me and said, hey, you're the righteousness of God in Christ, I would have been like, hallelujah, amen, praise the Lord, and high five, sister. That's what I would have done. I'd be like, yeah, you're darn straight I am. But the key thing that God was showing me at that point was that although I may have had the correct theology, 
something was missing. I, I was missing something. I didn't quite, you know, it was because of his love, because he loved me so much, he was showing me that a part of why I was having such a hard time was because I actually wasn't skilled in applying the word of righteousness. I wasn't skilled in applying it to my life in order to bring freedom. I mean, it had done its work. Like, there was a ton of freedom that had happened that God had done for me. But I found myself in this, in this slide, in this thing happening. And God wanted to show me. He, 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 was, he was moved by my situation. He was moved by the hard, deep, painful place that I was in. And he, it mattered to him so much that he literally sent an angel or, I don't know, Holy Spirit, but sent an angel. Okay, she's going to say it. And an angel's watching me, and, she's, and he's like, okay, well, okay, you have to log in, and it's not the kind with the fingerprint. It's not even a thing yet, so you have to pass, what's her password, Jesus? And an angel's getting my password from Jesus, and he's like, okay, well, Netflix? No, like, no, close that app. Nope, close that. That video game's dumb anyway. Um, oh, music app. Okay, we're going to scroll down to this song. And now we're going to hit play. Ready? Go. That is how much God cares for us. And it's how critical and important the righteousness of God is for us. He's not playing around when he sends an angel to come and turn on an iPad. I mean, I'll never forget that for the rest of my life. You know, the writer of Hebrews in, in Hebrews 5.13 says that we're, if, if we're unskilled in the word of righteousness, then we're a babe. And it was a little, I could have got a little butthurt over that. I was like, nah, like I'm, I get righteousness. I get all that. You know, like I already understand it. But God was like, now there's something you're missing. We are going to need to become skilled in the word of righteousness to advance and take that land that we're going into. And this is actually how we're going to make that advancement. This is actually one of the first principles of the oracles of God, it says in Hebrews 5. This is one of the first things. This is one of the first things, a foundational teaching. It's foundational. But this is what you need to understand right away, first and foremost, that you are actually the righteousness of God in Christ. But what is this foundation for our righteousness? Like, we, like, sometimes you hear people say that, but, like, where does, where does that come from? And I just want to build a foundation real quick. It's uh, 2 Corinthians 5.21. For he made him who knew no sin to become sin for us, that we might become the righteousness of God in him. There's a lot of hymns in that verse, so let me clarify that real quick. For God made Jesus, who knew no sin, to become sin for us, that we might become the righteousness of God in Christ. So that's why we make our declaration that I am the righteousness of God in Christ. If you have said yes to Jesus, then you are righteous, period. End of story. Jesus became sin. He knew no sin. Jesus became sin so that you would become the righteousness of God in him. If you have said yes to Jesus, then you are in Christ. You are in Christ, and you are the righteousness of God. But God actually wants us to not just have a, a theological understanding of it, a sound doctrine. Obviously, that's a, we have to start there. We need to you know, stop arguing about that in our head. Like I, You just have to understand, yes, I am the righteousness of God in Christ. But he actually wants us to be skilled in it because it brings so many benefits into our lives. And I started asking the Lord, what, what benefits does righteousness actually bring? And he, he, he pulled me over to Isaiah 32. In Isaiah 32, uh, 17, it says, The work of righteousness will be peace. And the effect of righteousness is quietness and assurance forever. And I'm like, wow, that is so good. So I'm sure we all know the, the word peace there, it's shalom. We've all heard like the Hebrew shalom talked about a lot. It means a lot of things. It means completeness. It means rest. It means safety and soundness in your body. 
So also for your physical health and well-being. It means your welfare. It means your health. It means your prosperity. So this, is, this applies to our finances as well. Peace, quiet, tranquility, contentment, peace in your friendships with others, peace in your friendship with God, and peace also from war. But this is awesome. This peace touches all the different aspects of our lives. It, it talks about our mind being sound, having soundness of mind, having safety and health, prosperity in our physical bodies. It talks about prosperity just in our finances. It's interesting. The work of righteousness will be prosperity in my finances? What? That's interesting. I, didn't really, I hadn't really seen that before, Jesus. Thank you. Righteousness gets to work, and it can do some really heavy lifting in your life. So raise your hand if you have said yes to Jesus and you're in Christ. Everyone, if you've said yes to Jesus, raise your hand. Awesome. Did you know that righteousness is working in you right now? Righteousness is at work right now in you. It's working. It might be uh, easy to overlook something here, but in that verse, the word work, it's like, okay. So, Colton, if you have that one, if you can put it up. Ma'asai in the Hebrew it means to labor, to pursue, to achieve, to produce. The work, the, pro the, pro the, the produce of righteousness is prosperity in your finances, it's prosperity in your health, in your physical body, it's soundness of mind. Righteousness is literally pursuing soundness of mind for you. Righteousness is within you pursuing emotional health on your behalf. It's so much better than we think. This is so much better than we actually think and understand. And righteousness is what's in you producing the peace naturally. You don't do it. Righteousness does it. It's not up to you to produce peace. It's not your job to produce emotional health. We come and partner with the Lord, but it's, you can't even do it. Righteousness is working in your being, producing emotional health and prosperity in your finances and in your body. I was sitting there at the counter trying to think of everything I could possibly do to achieve peace in my emotions, peace in my mind, everything. I had gone through the whole list of all of the spirits to bind and all of the, all of the inner healing tools. I used them all. How can I make this stop? <laughs> being skilled in the word of righteousness. That's actually how you can get that craziness to stop. If you think about it, everything that I was dealing with was one form of condemnation or another. It was just one form of the enemy bringing some kind of lie to my door. And I was just saying, I don't know, I was just saying yes. I just kind of felt like that was what it was. Like, yeah, I'm not any good. But that's his only tool. He brings us some variation of condemnation. That's what he brings to our door to see if we'll say yes to it. And that's why we need to be really skilled in the word of righteousness. It's not your job to defeat depression. It's not your job to overcome fear. It's not your job to overcome or defeat condemnation. When you think it is your job to work really hard, to, to just effort and strive your way to wholeness, that is going to produce exhaustion. It will produce confusion, despair, anxiety. It can produce insomnia because your brain just will not shut off trying to fix the problem. If you're struggling with, ang if you're struggling with insomnia today, the solution whew, isn't trying harder. The solution isn't looking at it from another perspective. Your brain is looking at it from every perspective it can. The solution is for righteousness to come and have its work in you. In the second half of that verse, um, 
if you can put it up, the effect of righteousness is quietness and assurance forever. The word effect there actually means it's ministry. The ministry of righteousness. Righteousness actually sits within your being and it ministers to you. Righteousness is right now actually ministering to you. You may have forgotten what it feels like to not be saved, to not be born again. You may not remember what it feels like to not have righteousness be a part of your being, but righteousness is right now ministering to you. It is serving you. It is your bond servant. It is there to minister to you. It's there. The ministry of righteousness is what? Quietness actually means it's a shakat or shakat. I forget. <laughs> but it means to be undisturbed, to have inner peace, tranquility, and a lack of internal conflict. If you have arguments happening in your head, if you hear a running argument happening in your head, that is called internal conflict. That is a lack of inner peace. That's a lack of tranquility. If that's happening, it means your soul is in conflict. There's something that your soul hasn't been released into peace in. There's something going on if you have this running, running dialogue, if you have this running, if you have arguments happening in your head. And I, I'm saying that from experience because I used to have that. Years and years ago, it would be like an argument was happening in my head all the time. This voice I would hear, argue with that voice. That would argue with this voice, that would argue with that voice. I'm just being really transparent here because I had never heard that before. But that's actually a lack of inner peace. That is called internal conflict. And that's the effect of righteousness is quietness. It's to have inner peace, a lack of inner conflict, to have tranquility in your soul. And righteousness isn't just ministering to us, quietness, peace, you know, uh, inner peace and tranquility. Righteousness is actually ministering to us assurance forever. If you can put that verse back up. If you can put 32.17 back up again. Sorry. The work of righteousness will be peace, and the effect of righteousness is quietness and assurance forever. This is so important. Assurance forever. And it's the word um, ad olam. And assurance, we might, might assume, you might assume something about the word assurance. You're probably right, because it means to secure, to have made, to have been secured so assurance is this thing is secured for you. It has been, it's on lockdown. This thing has been locked down. It can't be taken away. It's assured. It's your security. And forever, it's kind of interesting. It's actually two separate Hebrew words, adolam, and it means for. So how long? For what time period? So we have security. We have, we have this assurance, but for how long? What time frame? Does righteousness actually secure our salvation? Olam means unending into your future. It means everlasting, and it means eternity. Your salvation has actually been secured for you by the Lord Jesus for eternity. But there's something this actually does It does something in, inside of us when we actually understand this, when we have, have an understanding of this. I know a lot of people have said, well, what about Judgment Day? Man, we're going to get, there's going to be a hurt on. We're going to get, you know, God's going to put a hurt on us, you know. He's like, open up a can <laughs> when it comes to Judgment Day. But in 1 John 4, 17, God tells us that on that very day of judgment, that we are not only supposed to be confident, but we're supposed to come to him with boldness. Because as he is, so am I in this world. In the day of judgment, we actually can come with boldness into the day of judgment. Because as Jesus is, so are we in this world. 
I do not have to look to my own works or effort to try to make sure I'm okay on the day of judgment. Could you imagine if you had to try to figure out, can you work it out hard enough, good enough? Yes, I would fear the day of judgment. I know I would be freaking out right now. If I didn't know that this was true, then in the day of judgment, I have boldness and I come with boldness because anything, it's like, oh, look at Jesus. Nope, as he is, look at Jesus. You don't even, like the, the priests in the Old Covenant, in the Old Testament, they didn't, they didn't even look at the, the person bringing the, the sacrifice. The priest never looked at the sinner. It was obvious, they're a sinner. He examined the lamb. As Jesus is, so am I in this world. But how does righteousness secure us forever? I've heard this question. How does righteousness secure us forever when we have our whole futures to mess everything up with sin? I've got like my whole life in front of me and I can just mess it all up with sin. What do I do? Well, we covered this in growth track. All of your sins have been forgiven in the body of Jesus, past, present, and future. What he did for us secured us forever. What he did this perfecting forever. He did it, and you can't undo it. It goes on in perpetuity forever. You cannot undo what Jesus has done. You can't do it. We need to have a deep, abiding understanding that our forgiveness has been secured by Jesus' actions, not our own. All we do is believe all we do is say yes to him, and he imparts all of his righteousness to us. Done. He did it. And this is where we get our righteousness from. It's from the blood of Jesus. It's by the covenant that was made in his blood. Jesus didn't hold up the cup and say, this is the new covenant I make with you in my blood, and you're working really hard to stop sinning and remembering every sin and making sure you confess them all, because if you don't, then you're going to hell. That is not what Jesus said when he held up that cup. He held it up and said, this is the new covenant I make with my blood. That was the only offering for this new covenant. That was the only offering. It was his. It was his body, his blood to give, and he's the one that gave it. Stop trying to add anything to it. I know I still try to add something to it at times. We have to be honest. Yes, sometimes I do try to add a little something. I do try to, I don't know, like bring my own secret sauce, you know, into the salvation thing. It's not about, it's Jesus has got the secret sauce, all right? His blood is enough. His sacrifice was enough. You can't add anything to it. Knock it off. Knock it off. Stop trying to add something to the body and the blood of Jesus. It will drive you nuts. I'm sorry, but I have to say it very firmly. Thanks. I know it might feel like a little bit of a spanking, but it's a good one. God had to kind of bring a little bit of correction to me too. Because this has really got to become a given in the church. I know we don't hear something other than that from, from this pulpit here. You guys get good stuff from right here, you know? But that's not, that's not the case in the church, the, you know, the church at large. That is not the case. Telling people that are already righteous by the blood of Jesus that they need to be righteous by doing something, it's like Satan going to Adam and Eve in the garden who are already like God. And telling them, if you want to be like God, you have to do something. You have no idea how often this is released in churches in this country. We have a million churches operating this morning, over probably over a million churches this morning, and we have people telling them that they have to try to be righteous by doing this. This is reality. This is my heart. I want reformation in the church in America. We're righteous by one thing only, and that's Jesus. And I have a, mm, when you try to tell somebody that they have to do something other than the blood of Jesus to be right with God, that'll fire me up more than anything else because it is the foundation. The very first thing Jesus said he came to do 
I've been anointed by the Lord, blah, blah, blah. He's setting us into freedom and releasing grace. He didn't come to tell you what to do. He came to provide something. He came to supply something. He came to give and bring you into a new freedom. Hearing sermons like that, it creates confusion in people. Hearing sermons like, if you don't remember every one of your sins and confess them all, then your salvation isn't secure and you might go to hell. Do you know how much confusion that's going to sow in someone's heart? How much fear? No. We do not do that. Do not listen to a voice that comes to you and says that you have to do something in order to be right with God. Do not listen to that voice. If someone tells you that God is only going to bless you if you do not sin or if you remember to confess them all, do not listen to that voice. Other than saying yes to Jesus' blood being enough, there is nothing else. When we add anything else to it, we confuse things, we complicate it, we complicate the issue. The issue is actually really simple. You never could do it. We've never had the ability to do it. Jesus did it. End of discussion, period, end of paragraph. If you listen to a sermon and then wonder about your salvation, change the channel. Turn the station. If you listen to a sermon and then you wonder if God really loves you, change the channel. If you listen to a sermon and then you wonder if God's really going to bless you, change the channel. You don't need that in your mind. Stop listening to them. There are plenty of people out there that will actually declare your freedom and your righteousness to you. Listen to Graham Cook. He's awesome. Graham Cook, he so flows in the prophetic, and, but it's, he, he's, it's all grace. He knows it. It's all, by, it's all because of the blood of Jesus. Graham Cook put something on Facebook the other day, and he said, um, hopefully I can get this right. If all the sermons you've heard haven't set you into freedom, valued your freedom, and helped you stay in freedom, then go find another voice that will guarantee your liberty. Because it was for freedom that Christ set us free. Listen to Joseph Prince. Listen to Joel Osteen. Joel Osteen, I mean, he's super encouraging. He doesn't go on into a lot of scripture. That's okay. He's, he has an assignment from the Lord, being an encourager in the body. If you need scripture to back everything up, then you go listen to Joseph Prince because you will drown in scripture. He will drown you in scripture. He will p- p- pick apart every Hebrew word. He'll tell you everything that it means. And then he won't just rely on Strong's Concordance. He will go and tell you what every letter of every Hebrew word means and all of the everything. And you'll drown in the scripture and in all of the, all of the if you're a teacher brain, go do that. Danny Silk from Bethel, a lot of the people from Bethel will release you into freedom. Jesus didn't do everything that he did so that you could still be in bondage. He did not allow himself to be ripped to shreds so that you could walk around wondering about your salvation, wondering if you'll be blessed, wondering if anything depends upon you trying to get all of this stuff right and bind the right thing and all of this stuff. And I'm into inner healing and spiritual warfare. So you you have, like, I get it. But there's something so key about what God wants to do in the body. Jesus does not want you walking around wondering if you're blessed, if he wants to bless you. That doesn't do him any good at all. He wants you to know that you know that you know that he loves you. And he's here right in the moment to bless you right now. He's not waiting around. He's put righteousness in you. When we're not skilled in righteousness, it makes us vulnerable to deception. It makes, it makes us susceptible to the deception of the enemy. It makes us vulnerable and susceptible to the lies of the enemy. So how do we become skilled in this word of righteousness? How do we become experienced with, with wielding righteousness so that we can avoid being deceived, so that we can have all of the benefits that we talked about that righteousness actually provides? 
How do we enter into peace and wholeness, prosperity, and, and, and have the assurance of our salvation forever? Because it's like, well, what do I do practically? You know, what do I do? Well, here is where we actually get to bring our hearts to the table. Now we actually get to come and co-labor with Jesus in this. If you wouldn't mind putting up Romans 10.10. For with the heart man believes unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. So raise your hand if you believe that Jesus is your righteousness. Awesome. Step one, done. Okay. But sometimes we need to realize there's a step two in this verse. And it's so awesome. It gives us this step two. We, I know we've all heard this, vo- this verse uh, quoted in the context of being saved, and rightly so. We do believe in our heart unto, sal- un- unto righteousness, and we do confess with our mouth unto salvation. We do. And that's one aspect of this verse that God absolutely wants us to understand, but there's actually something else in here. For with the mouth, confession is made unto salvation. If you wouldn't mind putting up salvation, soteria, it means the salvation as the present possession of all Christians. That's actually second. So this is our eternal, this is our salvation that we actually have right now. A present right now possession. We possess this salvation now. We have it now. And then also, we're going to have it in the future, number three. This is about our future salvation. This is one of the reasons why in the day of judgment we can have boldness because as Jesus is, so are we in this world. It's not just a right now salvation. It's salvation forever. So it is future salvation, the sum of the benefits and the blessings which are yours in Christ, being redeemed from all the earthly ills. This is, this is actually the, the, the one time you can say the sweet by and by. <laughs> and then number one, this is actually number one. This is actually the first definition of soteria. Deliverance, your preservation, and your safety. Deliverance from the molestation of your enemies. This isn't the word the way that we think of it right now. It's an old-timey word. The word molestation here actually means the action of pestering or harassing someone in an aggressive or persistent manner. Anybody feel like the enemy's maybe been pestering you a little bit, just kind of harassing you? I did that day when I was sitting there at my counter. I was like, man, he was, he was pestering. He was aggressive in it. He was persistent with it pestering me and harassing me with condemnation. Confessing righteousness with your mouth delivers you from the pestering of the enemy. It actually delivers you from this persistent and aggressive harassing of the enemy. The sum of the benefits and blessings which are yours in Christ come through your mouth confessing your righteousness in Christ. The enemy's biggest weapon against us is condemnation. All the different variations of it, all the different variations, whatever it sounds like, whatever he tries to convince you of, if it's I'm not good, God doesn't love me, I'll never be enough, God's mad at me, I'm just, I keep screwing up, I hate myself, I better watch out, I'm in fear, God's disappointed in me, God's not helping me, why am I stuck, God's a jerk, I'm a jerk. All of the variations of condemnation. But Jesus has made you right, the righteousness of God in him. If the, if the enemy's biggest and main weapon is condemnation, then I submit to you that righteousness might be the biggest weapon you have. And you know that when you come up here and I'm praying for you, I'm pleading the blood of Jesus. So you know the blood of Jesus is important to me because our righteousness was secured by the blood of Jesus. But if condemnation is his biggest weapon, maybe ours is the righteousness of God in Christ, that we are the righteousness of God in Christ. There are two reasons that God wants you to become skilled in this word of righteousness. Number one, he really does actually want you 
to have everything that righteousness produces. He wants you to have every form of the peace, the joy, the security in your life. He wants you to jump into the kingdom and enjoy it. The kingdom of God is not food and drink, but it's righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. He wants you to be able to have all of that. And number two, we actually become deadly to the enemy when we are skilled in the word of righteousness. When we stop wondering, am I forgiven? We become deadly to the enemy. Because that, that space in your brain and your heart and your mind, it's being taken up by, am I forgiven? Am I okay? What, I mean, if you're not sure, your brain, your heart, your mind, they have to continue searching for the answer. The answer is yes, you are forgiven and it's eternal and it's forever. And that actually allows your brain to be, ah, okay. That is settled. When you have an argument with your, with your spouse or with someone in your family, it's like if it hasn't been resolved, your brain keeps going, right? It just keeps going and you're trying to figure out how do I, what do I, how do I fix this? What do I say? But once the issue is settled and, and things have been resolved, it's like, okay, uh, now there's peace. I don't have to worry about it anymore because the issue has been settled. God wants the issue settled for every single one of us today. He doesn't want anybody wondering. It's really hard to take new land and to advance when you're constantly worrying about you have this constant worry. You have this fear. It's really hard to advance because you're like, well, no, but what about? It's like, I want to, I see the land I want, but like, but what about? And you just have this question in your heart and you just don't know, can I really move forward? Well, once some of these issues are settled, yeah, you can. God wants us to be really skilled in the word of righteousness so that we can move forward and take the land. He wants us to be skilled in this word of righteousness, have experience wielding it, have experience defeating the enemy with our righteousness. It's a weapon. It's a really big sword. Your righteousness is actually a really big sword, and you need to use your sword. Take the enemy out with it. There's only three people that understood the Star Wars reference. <laughs> what? I guess I'm what, what in the back. <laughs> yeah. We don't make righteousness produce anything. We don't do that. We come into agreement with it. And we open our mouth. And, and what we're doing is simply enforcing the victory that God has already obtained for us. We're enforcing it. We're saying, no, this is what it is. You're coming at me with condemnation. I'm the righteousness of God in Christ. You're coming to me with this worry of like, am I saved? Am I, is my salvation secure? I'm the righteousness of God in Christ. And this isn't just a standing. It's not just that you're standing before God is that you're righteous. Yes, you are. Your standing is righteous. Everything's cool. Everything's kosher with God, okay? Everything's kosher. But it actually is a noun. Jesus became sin, the literal substance of sin, the substance of it. And God killed sin on the cross, but he became the substance of it so that you would become the substance of righteousness. You really are a new creation in Christ. It goes so much further than we know. You literally become, you are imparted and your physical being is, is, is changed to the substance. There is a substance of righteousness. Every time I was just declaring that over my, I would literally, I would shake. I'm like, whoa. Every time I would just declare, I am made of a substance called righteousness. And I was like, whoa. This, this is what God wants us to wield. When the enemy's coming against you, no, I am the righteousness of God in Christ. It's more powerful than you think. That will turn away any spirit. That will turn away every, every spirit, all of the spirits, every spirit in the list. And I still, do, I still do my fair share of spiritual warfare. Let's not, you know, I, literally, I, will, I will name, I will bind, I will not permit. But righteousness, it, it's just like... 
just clears the clears the table. Like imagine just clearing the whole table. It just it can just it honestly righteousness can just clear off the entire table for you. And I want to encourage you today. Let me try to say this lovingly. <laughs> if you think you have it have all of the theology and the doctrine of righteousness, I understand. But God wants us to move into maturity, into wielding this ginormous sword and taking the enemy's head off with it. He wants you to take the enemy's head off with it, take him out at the knees, and he just, he's got nothing left. So today we're going to do something that we did with the growth track people just to finish off today. Because it's so important to understand that our identity is righteousness. It's our identity. So we're going um, to stand together right now. And Colton, if you wouldn't mind putting on the, the quiet, quietish music just for a second. I know it's kind of not what we were planning on doing, but. I feel like the Lord just wants to minister to you today. He wants to minister to your heart. So just close your eyes. This is just time with Jesus. And don't say anything out loud. But just as I just repeat after me, just kind of internally in your own heart, just talk to your own heart and say, I am the righteousness of God. Just internally. <laughs> Whoa. I am the righteousness of God. <laughs> just keep your eyes closed and just repeat just tell your heart say heart you are the righteousness of God in Christ you are the righteousness of God Righteousness of God in Christ. <laughs> wow. Yeah. God wants to impart this righteousness to you. He's imparting it through the Son, through His Son, through His blood. You have have, have been uh, just blessed, and His His righteousness has been imparted into your life. You truly are the righteousness of God in Christ. It's for you. You are that. You are made of a substance called righteousness. Declare that to yourself right now. I am made of a substance called righteousness. substance called righteousness. You are the righteousness of God. If there were ever anyone to question God about his righteousness, he would point to you. <laughs> He'd say, look at my son, look at my daughter. Of course, I am righteous. Look at what I've done. You are the righteousness of God in Christ. It is free. It is free because of the blood of Jesus. It is free. Yeah. Whoa. 
There are angels walking around the room right now, just imparting a greater revelation of your righteousness, breaking chains off just through this one thing. You are righteous. You are righteous. I've loved you. I love you with an everlasting love. Righteousness is ministering to you right now. Yeah, I just bless your spirits right now to rise up. I just, just bless your spirit to rise up right now in Jesus' name. I bless your spirit to just be prominent as the Lord's ministering to you. Is ministering to you right now. His righteousness is ministering peace to you. He's ministering tranquility more and more. It's just washing over you, washing over you. Peace washing over you. So now we're going to start actually declaring it with our mouths. We're going to declare it out loud. And I want you to just kind of experience something that, um, that I experienced as you just start declaring, I am the righteousness of God in Christ. I want you to um, hear that the angels are cheering loudly. I want you to hear how heaven responds. Hear how God responds to you when you say, I am the righteousness of God in Christ. So just repeat after me, I am the righteousness of God in Christ. Say it with me. I am the righteousness of God in Christ. Say it one more time. I am the righteousness of God in Christ. Say it again. I am the righteousness of God in Christ. I'll say it again. I am the righteousness of God in Christ. Say it again with me. I am the righteousness of God in Christ. <laughs> this is what we're declaring when we're taking the land. This is what we're saying. This is our declaration. We're taking the land with righteousness, in righteousness. God has advanced in front of us already. God is advancing. God is advancing. God's pushing the enemy's army back right now. Sometimes you enter the land with a war cry. I am the righteousness of God in Christ. Say it again. I am the righteousness of God in Christ. It is your inheritance. You know, the worshipers went in first. They went first sometimes. We're taking the land. God's army is in front of us. And we're just in step 
walking into this land that we didn't think we could ever take.
right, be blessed, you guys.